Overflow Beyond the Music is a podcast hosted by musician and pastor Josh McCabe and takes a deep dive into the life of artists, into topics of faith, family, and seasons of struggle. This podcast is presented by Overflow Ministries Group. For more information about Overflow Ministries Group, visit overflowgroup.org. And for more information about our host, his music project Caves, and much more, visit overflowbtm.com. Now here's our host, Josh McCabe, with today's episode. All right, what's going on, everybody? It's Josh McCabe here, host of Overflow Beyond the Music. Welcome back to another episode. Hope you're staying warm wherever you're at. Um, if you're in Nashville or Texas, uh, I think you've had some snow this week. But up here in Canada, we've had lots of snow as well. It's just par for the course. We're kind of used to it at this point now. But I'm really excited for our guest on the podcast today. His name's Pat Barrett, and he's got another solo record coming out soon. He is the writer of the song Good Good Father, Build My Life, and tons of other great worship songs that we've been singing in church uh, for a long time now. And he's just uh, a really, really sweet guy, encouraging guy. And it was great to catch up with him. He's got a new record coming out called Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly. And it is going to be available just a few days after this podcast comes out. So you're going to want to make sure that you check that out and get yourself a copy of that. But there's also some songs that are available online right now as part of a pre-release kind of EP with some songs on the record. We'll talk a bit more about those uh, after the interview. But right now, um, if you are not following us online, if you're not plugged into our social media, make sure that you do that. You're going to want to follow at OverflowBTM on Twitter, Instagram, and you can also find us at Facebook.com slash OverflowBTM. So that's where you'll find us and all of the good stuff as well. Our website, OverflowBTM.com. You can find all of our episodes all of our links, and you can find out more about Overflow Ministries Group, who is the one presenting this podcast. So make sure that you go check them out. And on our website, there's also an opportunity to give towards the podcast. You can give towards uh, the overall vision and mission of Overflow Ministries Group as well. And they've got some cool stuff coming up. So we'll make sure that we get into some of that in some coming episodes. However, um, right now as well, while you're following Overflow BTM on all your social medias, you can give me a follow too. My name's Josh McCabe, at Josh McCaves on Instagram, at Josh McCabe on Twitter, and would love to connect with you in a personal way. Would love to know if you're listening to the show, checking out some of the clips. Um, you can tag me and whatever, and I would just love to connect with some of the listeners of this podcast because sometimes you're you're here talking like I am in my little studio office and you're going is anyone listening to this thing and i know there are people listening to this thing but i would just love to meet you and connect with you but without uh, any further preamble without any further intro why don't we head on in to my conversation with pat barrett show me who you are and All right. Well, hey, I'm really excited to have this guest on uh, the podcast because uh, not only is he, well, a songwriter who has written the number one song on CCLI at one point. Uh, he's got tons of big songs, 260 million something streams, all that kind of stuff that they put in, um, you know, the little document that they send over that is probably embarrassing him right now to talk about. But I would like to introduce to you the, how I first got to know this guy uh, this is pat barrett of unhindered oh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh <sighs> all right we just went there we went there dude i this is this is way throwback but um i met you years ago at acquire the fire events um i was in this band called hello kelly back in the day yes. are you freaking out right now man that is David. crazy yeah, that is me. I was in that band for several years, and uh, James Watts, um, who used to be hanging out, um, was in my wedding. And dude, it's uh, it's that craziness. is that is so crazy. Are you so? Where do you live right now? Well, my family and I we just moved back to Toronto from Nashville. We were living in Franklin for two years, and okay. uh, and now we're back in Toronto. Hello, Kelly. Oh my gosh, it's crazy, man. Um, That's another dude, life. Like, it's like it does feel like another life, doesn't it? Like when. 
every weekend had like 15,000 teams in the building. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, gosh, that would have been, so that's 10 years ago. 2005, six. Hey, okay, so you didn't, that's, I mean, that's crazy. It's uh, it's so funny how even doing this podcast, you reconnect with people that you didn't realize that, you know, you'd connected way back or, but it's always fun to see the journey because, you know, I can make the connection to that history for you, but ma many people don't realize that, you know, you've been leading worship to, to large groups and in successful contexts for like, what, 20 years? I mean, I started leading worship, so my dad's a pastor, so I started leading worship when I was early teens like <laughs> so it's funny it's funny now to to look at my life and as a 36 year old and and go like wow I'm doing the exact same thing <laughs> you know in a different expression or under a different you know label or whatever but but the same thing I mean that's such a wild that's such a wild realization. And I honestly like knew, I knew growing up, like, okay, leading worship and writing songs and music is always going to be really important to me in some form or fashion, whether it's my job or not. Like I just knew that yeah. that was going to be the case, but to be able to continue to, to write songs and lead. And I mean, that's just what a, what a gift. Does it, I mean, we're going to get real serious real quick now. I was about to, like, just going to take it right there. Like, does it ever not feel like a gift, like a curse, like a thing that, that you, like a burden that you kind of just want to put down for a season? M music never feels like that. But the other things surrounding music that are demanding of time and attention, and I mean, I can't tell you how many times I I drive to the, leave to go to the airport with kids screaming, you know, daddy, don't go like that is yeah. just the worst. You know, I think a lot of that's a very common thing, but, but so I, I hold that in like at this point in my life, there are a lot of thoughtful thoughtfulness goes in, goes into not, not just what, what's worth it, but like, okay, what, what are my, what is my capacity? Like, what are my limitations? I'm using that in quotes because they're not negative limitations or protective. Like how much am I available to travel? My kids are in school now. Like they, can they travel with me? Like, so we're, we're always go through times where, where that, you know, you feel like every three months you have to take a look at and say, okay, do we need to pivot? Do we need to adjust? Um, yeah. So yeah, that side of it most certainly can not feel like a gift. But, mm -hmm. you know, I can do that at the piano in my house. Like, that's right, the part right. that is, like, so consistent and beautiful. Do you think that sometimes there, there is a pressure? Um, I mean, I was talking to Phil Joel about this. We just had him on. And he was, I mean, I feel like you have the, the Phil Joel genes as well, where you'll be, like, 50 and just look exactly, exactly. the same. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we were talking about how – Sometimes um, the external pressures to do more, to be more productive, to deliver more. Like, have you experienced your own, um, you know, use the word limitations, your protections? Um, have you experienced those saving you from being dragged into uh, more than you knew your family or yourself could handle? Yeah. I've, I've, I've also felt... You know what I, I feel a lot? I feel gratefulness that some of like the songs and attention didn't happen when I was 20. I don't know. I don't know if like <laughs> my life, I'd have a real hard, I think I would just like pedal to the metal wear myself out traveling yeah. all the time i'm not even saying that's bad i just know for me like i had a buddy tell me this story i thought it was just such a beautiful like metaphor but he said he 
he had this like peach tree that he was he was growing in his yard. Oh. And he he said one it was starting to fruit, and so one morning he woke up and all of the uh, all the the branches of the tree had snapped off because it couldn't hold the weight of the fruit. Um, wow! And I just remember thinking like, wow, I I'm I'm grateful for times in my life where there was there's a chance to like on the integrity side of the things grow and mature and, and, you know, risk and fail. So, so that if there is ever fruit, you know, that type yeah. of, you know, attention or whatever, that it wouldn't just like ruin everything. You mm-hmm. don't have to look far to see that happen. Like, wow, that yeah. person got, was very young when whatever happened to them, they got famous or whatever. They're in some movie and became a celebrity or whatever. And it, can be very destructive the good thing can be a very destructive thing well i mean you look at a guy like um and he like where we live just outside toronto his canadian house is like 15 minutes from us but you look at a guy like bieber and like the immense pressure and like i like i would love to say that my life would be so perfectly you know ironed out because i've got christ but it just um there's just a lot of temptations that that come with that, and I I don't even mean on on like you know the morality or the purity side, but just a lot of things can start messing with your head when um, fruit you're right fruit blooms before uh, the character is there to carry it. I think about those are the things I think about all the time. Like, you know, songs or no songs. Like, what type of where am I like actively pointing the you know the direction of my life and for my kids like i have three kids i want to model for them and be an example for them of no matter what i do or what my job is or or whatever that i'm that i am a disciple of jesus and no one is obviously perfect but Mm -hmm. the ability to walk through life and experience mistakes and call them what they are and learn from them, I think is so powerful. I think it's really powerful and requires an unbelievable amount of humility and, and willingness to be wrong and embarrassed by your own actions so that you can grow and right. You can grow in love, you know, when I, um, when I, think about I mean we kind of mentioned it earlier but you were you're part of this this band unhindered and you guys did a lot of the acquire the fire events for years and, and would travel and um just really anointed worship band and was there something about that season that was maybe good for you in your early 20s to be surrounded by by brothers and it not be just the pat barrett thing but like you you've got some guys with you that are going to help carry some of this oh yeah i mean we I played with those guys for 15 years. So I think there was, there was always something really powerful and healthy and honestly just fun about that. Like we laughed so much. We had the best time, but then we also had like real conversations. Like they knew what was really going on in my life. And um, I still, I still have people like that in my life now, but there, there was something really special about, even like in the music in its expression being like, man, this is like us, you know, and some of, gosh, some of the, the whiplash of doing the solo album was like, you, you kind of get done recording and you're like, it's just me. Yeah. All the, yeah, totally. you know, like <laughs> you don't have like your whole crew with you all the time. There are moments of that, but there is a, a, a practical, I'm going to use the word lonely, but it's not like in a bad way. It's just like functionally, it's, it's a little different. It looks different. And, and I, there are things I love about that, but there are also realities to that. that are like, wow, this is, it does make me look back on days with, with like the brotherhood and being in a band and, and be like, oh man, it was, it's actually really interesting to experience both. And I think that the tough thing that, that many people don't get is, you know, when you go to, being solo um for lack of better words everyone becomes employees and it's like this weird dynamic where um it's it's rare i'm not rare i'd say it's 
it's a blessing when you find people in those contexts as a solo artist or even just as a worship leader who travels, you know, like an unknown worship leader and you hire these guys come with you or whatever. There's a blessing you can find when you when you have a brother that that loves you enough and doesn't care about ticking you off for the sake of like unity and just being that that, you know, discipleship buddy, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I think when I, when I, when I think back to the times in my life that kept me on a good path, like I often think about the people that were around me. I can't even separate the two. Like yeah. <laughs> there was such a like a you realize how much you really need somebody. I feel that right now in in my marriage like you go through times that you, that it's always been true, but you feel it more at certain times where you're like, we need each other. Like this, in our parenting, gosh, we like need each other. I need you to be honest with me and tell me if, you know, if you felt like I was too hard on the kids then, or you know what I mean? Like those, that type of on, like really honest, direct, you know, challenging those conversations. Like for me, you know, you said for the sake of unity, for me, those things actually bring unity because I want, yeah. I want the truth. Like, I don't want to live in some delusion that my way is the right way. And, and so that, that's what it's done for me. It's actually an element of truth speaking that has been so important. Isn't it kind of weird? Like, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, you see these artists that just can like in maybe a mainstream where you watch a documentary and they just be like, it's either my way or I'll find somebody else. Or like, you know, that everyone's just waiting on them hand and foot and they just get to like walk off the bus perfectly timed to the stage. Like, and you're kind of like, man, that looks just so cool. And you realize that when we sign up for this calling, this anointing, we, we just, they don't, we don't get to do that stuff. Like we, <laughs> Like that is just not like that rock star mentality just does not ex- coexist with how God wants to use us. But, you know, can it ever be tempting just to say like, okay, this is my thing. Like I've stewarded this and I'm going to take control of this. And, you know, I'm not going to let anyone steer this in a direction I don't want to go. Is there a temptation ever to go there? Well, yeah. Well, I would say that there is both temptation and necessity there. Hmm. I would, I don't think it's all, I don't think it's all negative. I think there are things about it that can absolutely be toxic and awful and egocentric that you, you have to like, I I'm acknowledging that, but I am also the worst thing that the worst thing would be like to put out an album or make a decision and deep down. You're just like, that's not me. Right. So why am I doing that? And I've done that before. I know what that feels like. And I'm kind of like a, uh, <laughs> I'm like the trial by error guy. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a shot and see. And if I do that thing or, you know, I get advised to, to whatever, like, I don't, I'm trying to think of an example, some event or some songwriter or whatever, like, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Like, I'm, that's fine. But I think at the end of the day, it is really important especially if your name's going to be on it, that you like really believe in it. And that energy, you do definitely feel the weight and the pressure of that solely. Like it is different when you're in a band or a collective of sorts where even the expression is like a lot more collaborative. I still have a lot of collaboration, like so much collaboration, songwriting and, you know, I'm an amazing team of people that I really trust obviously but um i think i think it is important that in in walking and expressing what you feel like you're supposed to express you don't fall into the trap of thinking like you're a mate you don't think more highly than you ought when you go into the when you go to the dinner party don't sit at the head of the table yes you be moved like there's so many like practical jesus things that really do like take care of that at the beginning. Yeah. If you just like practice those, like when you're in a room with someone that you're having a conversation, someone walks into the room that is really important, you know, quote right. unquote important. Do not show favoritism to that 
person. That'll keep you from trying to cater and manipulate and claw your way to the top and use people for your own vocational betterment or whatever. Like, like those things have always been really important. And I try to keep, like, I have a lot of people still in my life where, where collaboration is so strong and I trust them and I, I listen to them. I think the moment you lose that, you lose a lot. You know, I think, I think you're right because it's all, it's all about character. Like you can, you can guard something carefully when you do it from a humbled heart. And I think, you know, time is definitely something that helps with that. And as I was kind of thinking about your journey, uh, I remember, you know, several years ago, just listening to this, this song and it was at first the production really just caught me by surprise, which is very organic. And it was um, part of the house fires movement. So tell me a little bit about Pat Barrett and House Fires. Yeah, I mean, House Fires was, gosh, I'm thinking to the year. So this would have been like 2016. Um, the way our church was organized, basically, for lack of a better word, like we'd have like Sunday mornings, like every church had, but then we would had house churches that met throughout the week. Cool. And so like, even like the sound of worship, that would happen in our community. It doesn't always sound like a Sunday. It would sound like, <laughs> I would say, BYO djembe, like yes. acoustic guitars, <laughs> homie with a yeah. djembe. And in that type of space, like there's just like a different value system for worship. Like you're not thinking about transitions or even like set lists or any of that. You're just spending time together, worshiping and praying and sharing a meal. And, and yeah. so we were writing all these songs and just felt it felt like a like a really beautiful way to share those songs in the same spirit that a lot of the worship in our community was happening and gosh i mean that's why every song is like 8 minutes long it's like so yeah. long <laughs> you know um, that was really it's uh, it was significant because it was also such a you we kind of kept the mess right like you can hear like in the first recordings like squeaky folding chairs like it felt really like the value system was like let's worship have a real moment together and let's just share that yeah and and some of those some of those things are messy like life is messy <laughs> life yeah. is not clean and auto-tuned and oh you know what i mean like i'm not even saying auto-tune is bad actually so I'm more saying when you present only the perf, you know, the right. perfected version of yourself or whatever, that's not like, sometimes it's great, but that's not the real you all the time. And to have, for us, it was so beautiful because it helped dignify like the ordinary, the everyday life, the worship that happens when you're just singing your heart and it doesn't matter what it, for lack of a better word, sounds like, you know? Right. Um, gosh, I mean, I just love it. I didn't realize that that was so so connected to uh, your your church movement. I, I, you know, maybe sometimes you miss those details. You just kind of enjoy, you know, getting to experience and kind of be part of things. But what um, what I think was really cool that you just said was getting rid of like the shine that we put on it, and I feel like. I feel like we're getting back to that a little bit right now where like there's, there's studio records that come out that are meant to be enjoyed. They're meant to be art pieces. They're meant to be experienced, but then there's these worship things and worship moments, live worship that maybe it's the pandemic. And I, I know Atlanta is different than the way it is in Canada right now, but maybe this pandemic has kind of gotten rid of some of that noise and, and maybe, maybe like, because you know, you can find fully produced, perfect video and audio from any blank mega church anywhere, but it's like these raw moments that I think are really capturing people's hearts right now. Yeah, see, I love I love that. Back to basics, like that's what I that's what I feel, you know, deep down. And when I when I think about, you know, even with putting out a studio album like i don't think of that as less worship however when i think that there is there's always a um 
when I th- when I think about what worship sounds like, to me, it sounds like people, the sound of it, at least, like people singing. It's almost synonymous. Like growing up in the church, gosh, the most the most live music I ever heard was growing up in church, you know, mm-hmm. and it was the sound of people singing and the sound of even the sound of silence, but being silent together present with God is like significant. And in all of it, when you feel like you're, when you feel like it's, it's real. Yeah. You know, and I know that you can define that a lot of different ways, but gosh, to me, it, it feels so connected to my real life. I'm watching you and your real life sing the thing you're seeing and it's making me aware in my real life. And right. And I do think it's why it's so awesome when you songs do sound different when you get like whatever, whatever album from whatever artist, and then you see them live. The songs are different. Yeah. And they're both really important and they're both really beautiful, but does there's a different energy and a different expectation when you're in the room with somebody singing the songs that you've been in your own room by yourself listening to, you know? And I also think that that maybe our our desire for um for lack of better words maybe our desire to um, be pat on the back by everyone singing along and roaring with us um has lost the art of singing things over people mm. and I think like there are times when, my whole point of the studio records is like when I pull out a studio record the first thought in my head and maybe this is just me is that I want to be sung over I want I want to focus in on lyrics. I just want to enjoy this and I want to just soak it. And then if it's, you know, then often I find myself being drawn into participation. Whereas I can find, I find a lot of live worship. You, you go in with the attitude and the thought of participation. And, and I think that there kind of tends to be like these two purposes that, um, I think for seasons have we have valued the participation over the um, the idea of receiving something, you know? Have you ever have you heard of the music venue Eddie's Attic? No, no. Where's that at? It's in Atlanta, but like they're, I mean, it's just got this like amazing history of people that have gone through that. Okay, they play. It's a smaller venue, but like acoustic shows. But um, I'm sharing this because what you just said gosh it's just such a it just feels really important and i had this memory of 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 going to a show at eddie's attic and at the very beginning eddie would come out and say hey everybody just want to remind you this is i'm so glad you're here someone's about to share songs that mean a lot to them so i'm going to ask you to be quiet Mm. and listen when they finish that song you can cheer and you know do whatever yeah i remember sitting in that room while someone sang their song in silence this would this is probably gosh this is probably 10 years ago and simultaneously thinking why does that terrify me and the phrase you said was like people sing along so you get like a pat on the back and you you know you yeah it was the best way i could explain it you know (laughs) yeah no no but that there's there's something in that for me that i started to realize like gosh do i do i only think it's worship if a bunch of people are singing with me or are there other categories as well and other things that are just as important as well? Like not instead of, but like along with and gosh, like I've heard so many, (laughs) so many like amazing, confident worship leaders. Like my, like I've said this as well. Like you get done and no one sings like, wow, that was, that felt awful. <laughs> like, yeah, I felt like I was all alone up there. And, and I do think yeah. there's something, um, you know, I, I, I do think maybe we've been encouraged away from that direction and we should all, I mean, I think we should also include it because it, there's so many songs that you're like, I think I'm supposed to just listen to this. Yeah. And so many songs you're like, I'm supposed to sing this mm-hmm. <laughs> and both are beautiful. Like, when you get when you come together, hymns, songs, and psalms and spiritual songs, like yeah, there's a there's a wide there's a spectrum of songs that we can sing together, and they they can all be really important and impactful and worshipful in ways that are 
expressed differently. Well, I think it's also too, we have to, you know, um, obviously you have more experience and more, you know, um, longevity than, than I have had at 33 leading worship. But I think, I think some of my contacts are, are interesting because they are more local church contexts where, um, you know, you're, you, it's 500 people at a little church in Toronto. And, um, you know, I think that stuff has been really helpful, but I also think that, uh, for me, when I think about the conversation we're having, we ought to just take back the role of worship leader and give people permission and direct them. Because I think when we direct them going, Hey, I just want you, you you don't know this song. This song has like seven verses and I want you just to soak this in. Like I think about the song. So will I like that song is like meant you obviously to worship along with, but that is a song you just want to soak in every word because every word is just, it feels like every word becomes more beautiful than the last one. Right. What I, in my life, the leaders that have helped like facilitate a space where, where I was given permission to, to be who I am, and express the way, you know, biblically that that I that feels important. Like, like someone I've heard this a lot. Like, worship leading as like a gift of hospitality, more than just like you sing this and lift your hands. And the scripture does tell you that tell you give you directives. I'm not saying those aren't there. Yeah, but yeah. Like creating a space where somebody can, in their own life, like you just said, it's just so funny. You said small church of 500 people. That's a lot of people. You get well, 500 people compared together. to Atlanta. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm even take it down to 50 people, right? Yeah. 50 yeah. <laughs> people in a room with 50 different present circumstances and 50 different histories and 50 different, like trying to hold a singular space that gives people permission to experience and encounter God and worship and remember and be thankful like gosh like that is almost daunting when you think about it's it it's a daunting responsibility but it's also like gosh the people that have been able to do that that's just so beautiful like what that is truly a gift when you walk into a room with that many people and you you were all together in your own individual lives mm-hmm. and you felt like i know my life looks way different than the person next to me like you ever tried to sing like a, a really joyful like dancey song after you just lost someone you love. My grandmother passed away a couple weeks ago. And wow. I remember I remember the the sorrow in the morning and I also remember the thankfulness and appreciation. Like like worship felt really different to me the day that I went to be with the Lord, you know. There were, it felt appropriate to what I was going through. It would have been really inappropriate to pretend I didn't feel what I felt. And do, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, of course. In your sorrow, worship the Lord. In your joy, worship the Lord. In your confusion, worship the Lord. Like, and that can look really different. But people that allow for that, that space for everyone to come to the table as they are is just that's a that is a gift the thing about the negative side of it too because we can bring our stuff in as worship leaders and um it can be easy for us to you know think about you're thinking about losing your grandmother and and so you're in a place of mourning and sorrow and yet you've got to lead people who maybe are not feeling that or like you they're looking to you for like the one ounce of hope um and I don't think, and I think that can be a weighty burden, but also there's some, the only thing explanation I have is the Holy Spirit just steps in and kind of works its way through you as a leader and through the people. And before you know it, you're all singing the same song of hope. And you're just kind of like, man, how did someone that came in ready just to run laps and swing off chandeliers? And then me, (laughs) like, who's, experience all this hurt how do we end up on the same page and that is you know the uniting power of the holy spirit and 
um, you know, as we move forward here, I want to, I want to shoot backwards and then we'll, then we'll talk about your new record called act justly love mercy walk humbly. But I want to talk a little bit about the song, good, good father. And, you know, it was a song that, that Chris Tomlin really maybe quote unquote made famous. I, I don't know, but you know, you, you got known as a songwriter and it kind of made its way into the quote unquote Pat Barrett career. And, you know, I don't even know if that's like an awkward question to talk about, but, but the relationship of writing a song and then, you know, Tomlin kind of taking it to this other level and, and, you know, how does Pat Barrett fit into this? And, and I'm just kind of curious to hear you unpack some of that. What a great question. Really? Cause I'm kind of like, how do I say this or ask this without uh, coming across the wrong way? Well, no, I love it because I'm in the middle. I'm for me, this still feels like a new chapter of music. Yeah. You know? So number one, like, I have always from afar I looked I've looked up to Chris Tomlin since gosh it's the first time I've ever heard his songs yeah and as a songwriter as a worship leader like his his voice was so formative for me as yeah a young worship leader and were there any other voices that that felt formative oh yeah so many like I remember, <laughs> I mean, Darlene Check, like. Ruben Morgan was massive for me. Oh, gosh. I mean, like, I just remember the songs, and I'm like, why am I crying so hard right now? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think there are different people, different voices, and different leaders at different times that right. really, really, like, inspired me in different ways. And it was always like, for me, to have written a song and someone I just really look up to and respect to call me and say like, man, I really, this song just has really touched me and my family and I'd love to sing it. Gosh, like for me, that's like a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a wild and fun experience. Like, now I guess I've been taking his songs my whole life anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? yeah. But, but then, so there's, so there's that piece right where you're that's just such a what a wild experience it's an but then the, the part with for me of like starting to release my own music under my my own name and not a band or not a worship collective you know i remember having a conversation with chris kilala yeah and because he's released stuff under his name for years and i had never done this i was like and i asked him you like how how do i need to view this or hold this like this is just mm. such a weird thought to me that i'm putting out an album and my name is on it like i've i put out 15 records and none of them have ever been that they've been church records and unhindered records and house fires albums like but this feels different and i don't know why and he just looked at me and was like man why don't you just you know what you need to do you need to think of it as an offering and i just remember he, like I remember not just hearing those words, but like feeling them like, yeah, you just an, an offering. You don't, you don't expect to get it back. Yeah. You know, that's, it's meant to be like given and, um, that mentality and perspective has been like so important to me. And honestly, I've kept it with me. Like I, what what it makes me do where it puts like the pressure on me. Like I want to make sure that I'm sharing songs that have actually helped me in my real life period. And then offer that as a help to people, which doesn't mean they are a help, you know, but it also yeah. means like if, if no one likes the song or whatever that I don't feel like, devastated because they didn't like my music because like gosh this song has really helped me like yeah. i'm sharing things that have actually helped me and are really personal and i don't know there's a there's a open-handedness to that that is really important I yeah because they're not your they're not your songs when we think about it right my dad told me that when i was 15 he's like pat your songs are not for you they're not just yours <laughs> yeah i mean it's absolutely true and if if you can somehow share something and actually truly let it be an offering, like you have 
healthy detachment from it. Yeah. Your identity is not wrapped up in the thing you're creating. It's involved, but it's not you. Like my song is not me. So if you don't like my song, it doesn't mean you don't like me, but we, we like tangle, like those things get easily tangled. And, but with an offering, it's different. Like, Oh yeah. I, that's given away. I, I've often thought about how when we bring offerings, like in the in the form of songs, and I, I, whenever I see people criticizing songs for not being deep enough or not blah 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 enough or not theological enough, I go, dude, you're the guy in line with, you know, your goat or your donkey or whatever you're about to your lamb that you're about to sacrifice, and you're poking fun at someone else's offering saying that yours is way better looking and theirs is ugly and yet that was the best that they had like when you put in perspective it's like mocking someone else's offering before the lord and all of a sudden like when i think about that way i get this like holy fear about me (laughs) that goes like you know i which offering is going to be accepted versus which one will be rejected the one that I slaved over for days and thought was the greatest thing ever and then mocked someone else's or the one who someone brought what they had. And when you begin to look at songs as offerings that you're laying at the altar and and letting the Lord take and use as he pleases, it definitely changes the way that we feel connected to it. And it, yeah, I mean, it, it also, like you said, it, it does affect, it, it allows you to like not be the judge Right. And I think that's like with music and worship and my discipleship to Jesus, like judge not lest you be judged the same measure you judge somebody else. Don't expect it to be any different. Yeah. Like it's always connected that way. Like even like the Lord's prayer, God, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus goes, yeah. Um, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us mm. to the measure that, Hey God, to the measure that I forgive somebody who's hurt me, would you use that towards me? God, like that's an intense prayer. Like, and it's probably meant to just challenge our perspective and recognize that. I mean, for the most part, people are doing their best to walk with God and yeah, in their own circumstance, in their own life, hear the the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when you just allow it to be that, um, gosh, I'd, I'd, I'd really love for someone to be gracious with me when I get it wrong often. Yeah. I would really, gosh, I would really love it if someone heard you know, some half baked song that I decided to, <laughs> to release too early or whatever. Yeah. I'm okay if they don't like it, but gosh, there, I think there's, there's a graciousness and a, and there's something there that is really important and encourages more. It encourages, it actually encourages more creativity and sharing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm my own critic. I don't need the voice of somebody else. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lot uh, more critical critiquing maybe that's a better word than anybody else is of me so i think it's beautiful when we can suspend judgment absolutely well you know i was looking i was looking through the and i know you got to go because you've got a busy day but i was looking through the uh the record and act justly love mercy walk humbly it was recorded over the course of two years says that uh, there was lots of different producers. I mean, did you did you like have to fire Jason Ingram and Ed Cash and find new ones or like I had to make them fight. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's because I've never done you know an album that way where there're just so many different producer voices involved on different songs. And gosh, it, it was actually such a fun experience getting you know the first hand of wow this is how david leonard likes to track something and this is how ed likes to track something and hb drummer like buddy of mine he he produced a song my friend daniel bashta produced a song we write together a lot like it allowed for such a, a wide 
array of even like recording experiences that I'll I'll remember forever. Do you find that different producers uh, carry different weights? And you know, like one guy might really challenge you vocally, another guy might really challenge uh, adjusting lyrics or or production that you had in your head. Like which, like maybe give me one producer and one strength that you really learned from working with them in such a close way. I mean, the short answer, like, yes, each person is so different and similar. Yeah. Everyone wants the best version of the song. You know, one of the things that, gosh, I could just go down the list. One of the things I love about Jason Ingram is the, intentionality and ease I feel when I'm around him. He creates that type of space. Like for Ed, Ed is a, gosh, he, he's got such a gift of like, I, I can't even tell you how many times I watched him be in the middle of editing a track. And then I'm in the background just playing on the piano and he'll like pause and I'll go, what was that? I'm like, well, it's just little, mm. like he, he's so in in the moment, like he will, he will chase a rabbit that feels worth chasing just to see if it's there. Like he, he, that's really cool to me. Like you're doing what you're doing, you're focusing, but you're still potentially, you know, distractible by God <laughs> or creativity yeah. or whatever. To like to, you're still that. That was an awesome thing to watch. Like lost in the wonder, you know, of the yeah. Moment. Like have all of it. Like I, I love that. Um, I. I loved working with Hank Bentley. Like one of the things I really enjoyed about him, he was kind of willing to, he, there weren't any bad ideas. Cool. Production wise, like he has actually probably one of the, the, the wildest outlier production wise of songs, the sound of it and the vibe of it. So different than anything I've ever done. Yeah. And way different than other songs I've done with Hank before. So I liked that. I liked that there was like, oh, wow. Um, there was a willingness to explore new sounds and new vibes that, that you never felt like you were just plug and play, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on. Like every, every single person just brought something unique and special to the table. I think that's why I really enjoyed it. And that there were challenges to that as well. Like one of the challenges being when you don't have one producer walking with you the whole time, like you are the only common thread right. of the album, you know? So that was most certainly like, that was a big challenge and required so many times to be like, okay, is this, does this fit? Does this feel like I'm still in the, the same body of work that I want to share? Yeah. You know? Well, I, I really enjoyed listening to the the five songs that are out, and uh, I'm gonna have to bug your 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 people to try and get the rest of it uh, before it comes out February 26. But um, I'm gonna talk a little bit. I gotta let you let you go. She got other calls beyond. But um, the new record is called "Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly." You can get uh, the single, which has got you know five songs attached to it. You can get anywhere: uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Amazon, uh, YouTube, if you're cheap, uh, wherever you want to grab the music, you can get it and listen to it. And um, we're going to play the title track off that record. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the songs in it because you you address some um, issues, including some of the uh, racial tensions on one of the songs uh, called Lightning. And we're going to talk about that as well. But I'll hang up with you and then I will just go on and talk to the people myself about, about the song after, uh, after that. But this is Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly by Pat Barrett right here on Overflow Beyond the Music. Well, there you have it. That is Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly by Pat Barrett here on Overflow Beyond the Music. And as I've been listening to some of the other songs, there's some other great tunes on this. Uh, one of the ones I found really cool, a song called Morning by Morning. Uh, 
Pat said that uh, as he wrote this, this is one of those songs that he wants to pray right when he wakes up, and it's a, it's really a centering song, just to declare over your day. And I, I felt such a peace listening to the song, I almost wanted to go back to sleep. And maybe, uh, maybe that's the goal is that we would just approach each morning with that sense of peace that God is orchestrating our steps. But one of the other songs on this record, Call Lightning, which features Pat's friend Harold, um, Harold Brown. And as Pat describes it, um, he describes it as one of those songs he wished he didn't have to write. And he addresses a lot of the racial issues and tensions that were going on um, that we experienced in our world following the death of George Floyd. And every lyric is heavy. It's really heavy. So I want to encourage you to listen to the song Lightning featuring Harold on the record. Reflect on it. Pray on it. Listen on it. Dwell on it. See what God speaks. But the whole record is incredible. Make sure that you go get uh, a copy of Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly, whether you want to you know, order the good old CD or get on Spotify, Apple Music. Make sure you save it. Make sure that you subscribe and follow Pat on all of those networks and uh, platforms. But also make sure that you subscribe to Overflow Beyond the Music because we have more great episodes coming your way and I can't wait to see you again for another one. Closing off this podcast is the song Lightning from Pat Barrett. My name is Josh McCabe. I'm your host. We'll see you again soon on Overflow Beyond the Music. Same day, new face, old pain, rerun, headline, heartbreak. Pray to God that peace will find me. Find me. Pray to God that he falls like